Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life, promoting pathological positivity at Live on Purpose Radio. Got a good friend with me here today. Steve, we go way back. We do go way back. We have some history, you might say. Almost to kindergarten. (laughs) Yeah. Well, not that far. But we got a little bit of history. It does feel like a past life, though, given what we've been through. You know, it does a little (laughs) bit. We might get into that. Who knows? I told you before the show, this could go any old direction. Yeah. But folks, just so you know who we're talking to today, this is Stephen Palmer. He is an amazing author, father, patriot. Can I call you a patriot? Sure. (laughs) You'll take that. It's kind of a loaded term, but sure. Um. Steve has done some amazing things. Um, graduate of, of George Wythe. Um, you've written a lot of books, and only some of them are yours. Yeah. <laughs> so you do some writing for other people as well. In fact, one of our guests on the show, Chris Crone, who you know, um, because you've written two of his books as well. Correct. Um, the Straight Path to Real Estate Wealth and Conscious Creator. Right. Which was my favorite of the two, by the way. Mine too. Yeah. Um, you're doing some great things. And, and I recently ran into you at a conference and we reconnected and uh, found out we're both involved with the Statue of Responsibility Project. And Gary Lee Price has been here on the show. Yeah. Woody Woodward has been on the show. So we know a lot of the same people. But you and I have been friends for years too. And uh, you shared with me a couple of your books when we ran into each other. I've got in my hand here, Uncommon Sense, A Common Citizen's Guide to Rebuilding America. And uh, for me, Steve, this really captured what, what I've experienced you to be all about. You yeah. know, spreading a message of personal responsibility, freedom, patriotism, what that means and how we each have a personal responsibility to build that and create that here in our great country. Yeah. So anyway, I th- that's kind of a weird introduction, I guess, but... I'll take it. I'll, I'll take whatever I can get. Throw out <laughs> what I know about you, and and uh, I'm so glad that you're here on the show. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. I, You know, it's funny. I remember the first time... I don't know if you remember this. The mm. fir- first time we met down in St. George, St. George, you came down with Les McGuire. That's right. And you spoke at the chamber of commerce meeting or something downtown St. George. You remember yeah. It was that? one of those historic buildings yep. right downtown. Right. Yep. Uh-huh. Remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah. Good times. And you know, those were good times. We had a lot of fun learning about principles and then we went through some real adventures as the, yeah. as the economy changed some of the techniques that uh, were being applied in investment and real estate uh, were just that. They were techniques rather than principles. Yeah. And there's a difference. Um, but we've been through some grand adventures. We've learned a lot of things, and life tends to teach you lessons, doesn't it? 
I don't know about you, but for me, that was one of the best things that ever happened to me. I mean, I'm so, so glad I went through that. I don't want to go back to where we were, but I'm so glad we went through it. You know, I, yeah. I talk a lot in, in, in the stuff that I write about learning the right lessons from failures. You know, too often people mm. will get burned, they'll fail, they'll crash and burn. And then the lesson they think that they're learning is, oh, you know, so let's say it's a business partnership, right? And, yeah. and the business partnership goes sour and they say, oh, well, the lesson I learned is I'll never be in a partnership again. Oh, no, come or on. Or that man. I you're, shouldn't be in business. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're, so you're mm. learning the wrong lessons. If, you know, if you're, if right. you're feeling like a victim from your quote unquote lessons, that's a good indicator that you're not learn, haven't learned the right lessons. So for me, it yeah. was, that was fantastic. We crashed and burned in the economy like everybody else and, and went through some dark times and it was awesome. We learned so much. So glad it happened. <laughs> I can tell you've learned a lot yeah. because there may have been a time in your life, Steve, when you would have been more likely to just cuss about that yeah. instead of praise it. Yeah, probably. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And, but that's, that's how our life refines us, I think. Yeah. And I agree 100% because... As I went through some of those challenges, and we're talking, folks, we're talking primarily economic challenges, and and it occurred to me, Steve, that we're paying tuition. Okay, we better darn well take home the lesson if we're paying this. Yeah, this kind of tuition. Love it. Yeah. Um, and I paid more there than I paid going through twenty-one grades of school. Yeah. Um, but I learned more too. Yeah. And I agree with you, hundred percent powerful so what have you learned what, what bubbles to the top for you what's the key stuff jeez oh, where do i start right you know one of the biggest things i learned is i think that we all got kind of caught up on riding the coattails of other people and and what i saw with myself and my friends is we all had to kind of go find our own path our mm-hmm. own voice and that's one of the biggest things that come out of it for me is just finding, you know, what is really my purpose? You know, I can't just hand off money. I can't just hand off time, energy, effort, just on other people. I've got to own it. I've got to own my life. Right. I, I was anticipating as we were getting together here today that personal responsibility is really what it comes down to. Now, of course, we have to access the talents and gifts of other people. And exchange creates wealth. That's one of the principles. But there's this element of personal responsibility. If we ever lose sight of that, we will crash and burn. It's, it is the absolute root. It is the core of everything. You know, I have kind of an interesting mix mm-hmm. where I, if you go to my website, it says... I'm a writer and entrepreneur who mm-hmm. inspires greatness and moves the cause of liberty. So I, you know, my thing is personal development and liberty. And where do they come together? They come together at personal responsibility. That's the whole right. core of everything. There's, there's, they're intricately tied, right? So we can't have a free nation composed of dependents, dependent victims who who are entitled, who expect other people to take care of them. That's not a free nation because they're not personally free. So a free nation is comprised of free individuals, free people, right? And free people are responsible, personally responsible. So it really has to build from that level. Yeah. If we, if we see masses of people clamoring for somebody to do something, 
Yeah. I, I know that irritates you. <laughs> yeah. When you see that in our yeah. society, you know, yeah. who, who's going to step up and do this? And, and I think your message is, well, if it's not me, then who is it? And if yeah. it's not now, then when? Yeah. So you wrote this book called Uncommon Sense. Really enjoyed this one, Steve. Thank you. In fact, you know what? And, and I appreciate what Oliver, Oliver DeMille said about this. He wrote your foreword. Yeah. Um, compared it to some of the classics. Which is a great honor to me because Oliver DeMille is my personal mentor and, and one of the, probably the greatest man I've ever known in my entire life. Mm -hmm. I owe everything, I, you know, not everything. I mean, you know, there's God and there's my wife, but and right up with them is <laughs> Oliver DeMille. I owe so Karina's much of who I am. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much of who I am, I owe to him. And so it was, yeah. it was an honor to have him write that forward. Talk about this, this project. Where is Uncommon Sense coming from for you? Yeah. Because I think it's a really core message. Well, the title comes from, it's a play on Thomas, Thomas Paine's, Paine's Common Sense. Mm -hmm. So in 1776, Thomas Paine publishes Common Sense. And the title was saying, you know, his, his book was saying, it's just common sense that we should be independent. And the culture of right. the time, the people were like, yeah, of course, this is common sense. Mm -hmm. Well, today the answers, the solutions that we need to get America back on track, they really are common sense. Mm -hmm. But in contrast to the culture we're in, it's uncommon it's sense. It's not so it's a common completely, anymore. Exactly. It's a completely different culture. So it's it's that kind of a play off of off of Thomas Paine. And, mm -hmm. and it, it, it really is common sense. But unfortunately, right. given our culture, it's more uncommon than not. And you give a lot of examples throughout the book, but I remember as I was reading it, feeling a sense that that this is about me. This isn't about what we can go out and do, you know, with our government or our communities or programs or policies. It's not, that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. We're talking about look inside. Where inside of you is that, that responsibility that will have you stepping up and being a more responsible individual. Well, let me make it concrete for you. Yeah. I mean, how many, uh, I don't want to throw out labels because I don't want to get anybody upset, but just to make it real. <laughs> I mean, how, how many people out there who are, you know, so angry at the $18 trillion of debt, how many of them are personally right. out of debt? How many of them are right? carrying debt themselves? Right. The last statistic I heard was that the average American is, is spending about $1.21 for every dollar that they earn. And these are the same people that are mm, so angry at the, at the federal government getting us into $18 trillion of debt. And it's like it's, something's not adding up here. Mm -hmm. And lest any of you listeners think that we're holier than thou... Um, Steve, I got into a lot of trouble with that. Yeah. You know, well, this yeah, is, we've all been there. Yeah. Well, this is part of the Yeah, I'm not pointing fingers either. Talking about. But yeah. the reason I bring that up is because you can know things from an intellectual level. Yeah. You can know things at an experiential level. And if you're wise enough to learn from the experiences of others, you can save yourself a whole lot of cost. Yeah. Is that true? <laughs> I mean, we'd heard this yeah. before. But where does it really sink come? So you're saying, don't bellyache and complain about the national debt if you've got a credit card balance. Yeah. 
if you've got personal debt, because that's the piece you work on first. Yeah. What happens in this country, Steve, if everybody takes personal responsibility and, and gets themselves out of debt? Well, that's my, the whole message of my book is, is that it's instead of being so angry at Washington, look, mm-hmm. Washington is the way it is for a reason. It's a reflection right. of our culture. John Adams put it this way. He said that if worthless men are at the head of affairs, it, it's because there are worthless men at the tail and at the middle, right? Who put we, them we, there? We only get the government that we deserve. We, the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the elected leaders vote the way that we want them to vote. So we, mm-hmm. you know, we send them mixed messages. We say that we want to be out of debt, but no, don't take my benefits away. Right. right? And so what are they supposed to do as elected leaders? Mm-hmm. That's right. So the whole message is to say, stop being angry at the head. Let's turn inward. Every sin- single citizen needs to turn inward and say, what can I do? Where am I off track? What can I do to influence the nation? Right. Starting with myself, starting with my family, starting with my relationship with my spouse, the re- relationship with my children. I just had a thought, and, and who knows where we'll go with this one. <laughs> but it's a fairly well-known psychological principle that people complain about the things that they're most likely to have an issue with. Yeah, I write about that in my book. Is that interesting? Yeah. So whatever's irritating us about society, about the nation, about the government, maybe that's where we need to start personally. Yeah. Is that too bold? I, I don't think so. There's, in my other book, Manifest Destiny, Choosing a Life of I've Greatness, got I've too. got a chapter in there called The Hidden Gold Mine of Self-Improvement. Mm. And I use the analogy, well, I guess we'll get into it at the break. Yes, hold that thought, because (laughs) I can tell we're going a good direction. Everybody stick with us. We'll be right back. a hundred times. Is the glass half empty or half full? If we are in negativity mode, we see the glass as half empty. Anyone can see it's half empty. When we are feeling negative, we focus on what is missing and lament the lack of water in the glass. When we are feeling more positive, we see the glass as half full. Of course it is half full. Anyone can see that. We focus on what we desire and celebrate the presence of water. Then there are those who see it as completely full all the time. These seemingly crazy people are not just positive. They are pathologically positive. Pathological positivity is an empowering mental supernormality that lifts us above the normal perception of reality. It is a higher level of thinking. We see the glass and our lives as completely full, even in the toughest situations. If you've enjoyed Live On Purpose Radio, then you will love Dr. Paul Jenkins' book on pathological positivity. Available now to order, visit pathologicalpositivity.com to get your copy today. That's pathologicalpositivity.com. Thank you for listening to Live On Purpose Radio. We're so glad to have you here. Please come by the website, drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R. 
drpauljenkins.com. On the website, you'll have an opportunity to receive a free download. And while you're there, make sure you click on the social media icons. Come over to Facebook, where we will be posting these episodes as well as our YouTube videos and other content and announcements for you to share. Please like us, comment, subscribe, join the conversation. We're happy to have you with us here at Live On Purpose Radio. Let's all support each other to live on purpose. DrPaulJenkins.com Stephen Palmer author of many of my favorite books. The man, the myth, the legend. The legend. You were about to say that, right? Well, I was feeling it. Yeah. And and more <laughs> good things to come. I'm, I'm looking, you've got a pendant hanging around your neck. It's a small replica of the Statue of Responsibility. And listeners, you'll remember this from my episode with Gary Lee Price. If you haven't listened to it, please go look it up in the archives. An amazing, amazing project. And, and Stephen, you are writing the manifesto for that statue. I have written it. In fact, uh, it's already reminder, written. We, we ought to share it with your, I mean, this will be like a sneak peek. Nobody outside of the foundation wow. has ever heard this. Should we give them a sneak peek? I haven't heard it. Yeah. Let me read it. That would be a treat. So last year, this you is know, really the, cool. the Statue of Responsibility Foundation contacted me and commissioned me to write like a, a manifesto. So you're, you're familiar with the new Colossus that sits at the base of the Statue of Liberty written by yeah. Emma Lazarus. Give me your tired, Give your poor, you're poor, hungry. You're yearning to breathe free. Yeah. Right. And that's so the they, manifesto. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a poem. You call that a poem. But, you know, they, okay. knew, they knew of my business life manifestos and they said, hey, write a manifesto. And I said, cool. Okay. So here it is. And, and quick context, Statue of Responsibility is a bookend monument to the Statue of Liberty. On the west coast of the United States, it's being built by the people, not the government. It was conceived by Viktor Frankl in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, who suggested right. that, that freedom needs responsibility, right? Right. And so he said, he actually suggested that in his book. He said the, the Statue of Liberty on the east coast should be balanced or supplemented by Statue of Responsibility on, on the, the west, west coast. coast. And I read this, I read Man's Search for Meaning when I was 15 years old. I, I knew about this. Mm -hmm. And then I came across the foundation. I was like, man, I know about that. I, I'm happening. so on board. So it was such an honor for me to be part I of it. can't wait to hear this. Cool. Take it away. Okay, so the title of it is United in Freedom. To this land of liberty flocked the tired, poor, huddled masses yearning to breathe free. Today I breathe free and live abundantly because of their blood, sweat, and tears. My brothers, my sisters who have gone before, never will I forget the awful price you paid for my freedom. As I joyfully exercise my rights, I will humbly rem remember my responsibility to mankind. My brothers, my sisters with whom I share this consecrated land, as the hands of our ancestors reach down through the ages to uphold you and me, so too do I extend my hand to you. As great sacrifice was required by our forebears, loving service is required of me. My brothers, my sisters yet unborn, ever will I remember that my choices today bear consequences for you tomorrow. May my hand reaching across generations be not oppressive, but uplifting. For the lamp of liberty is fueled by responsibility, and our destiny is not individual, but communal. As that is our legacy of the past, so shall it be our hope in the future. 
Wow. That gives me chills. Yeah, it was it was a great honor to be able to wow participate in that. That is so awesome, and as I've I've got the statue or a small replica of it here on my desk as well, the two hands clasping, one lifting up and one being raised by the other, and which hand are we? We're yeah. both. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in a never-ending chain of of human goodness. Yeah. As we hand the next generation their gifts. Wow. Powerful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The first time that it's been published, maybe. I don't it's know. technically on my website, but I don't know how many people have ever seen hey, it. Hey, but now I mean, it's going out at Live a, on yeah. Purpose Radio. Yeah, I mean, it's going in your it's voice. now. Yeah. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. You led us up to something just before the break, too, about a gold mine. Yeah. Take us there. What? Well, you were the one who brought it up. You talked about how, mm. you know, often our criticize, criticisms of others reveal actually more about ourselves than they do about the person we're criticizing. Yeah. And I, you know, I, my other book, Manifest Destiny, I, I have a chapter called The Hidden Goldmine of Self-Improvement. Yes. And what I say is I start by giving the analogy of, we talk about how entrepreneurs find gold mines by listening to complaints in the marketplace, right? Anytime you, you, you listen, mm. if you're a good entrepreneur, you're out there looking, listening for complaints. Where are their problems to solve? And you've got to solve those problems. Because that represents an opportunity. Right, right. And when it comes to self-improvement, the gold mine is also listening for complaints and criticisms, but it's uh. our criticisms of other people. You want to really hone in on where you need to improve on your life. You start listening to how you're criticizing other people because that right there shows you Whoa. exactly where you need to improve. That takes some humility. Yeah. I mean, to just to swallow your pride for a minute and say, hey, wait a minute. Is this me? Yeah. Or, or maybe even more accurately, where is this me? Well, I often, I mean, this, this goes back to, you, you know, you called me a patriot. And, and for me, that's kind of a loaded term, right? Because, okay. because I don't want to be viewed or, or put in the same camp as the angry mobs carrying pitchforks marking on Was marching on Washington, because that's not me. Yeah, that's be not what because, I was thinking either. Because I think so many, quote unquote, patriots... The anger that they direct at Washington, really what that's masking is a feeling of helplessness in themselves. Right. And, and helplessness comes from not understanding how much true power you really have, as how much of a difference you can make when you, when you turn inward, when you stop blaming everybody else out there and you start turning inward. Which is hard to do. It's the hardest thing to do. Simple. Yeah. But simple and easy aren't the same simple thing. Simple conceptually. Yeah. You probably remember way back when we first met and I was teaching this seminar about the victim and the agent. Yeah. And how there's this dichotomy in our paradigm, in the way that we see the world. And when people are stuck in that victim paradigm, it creates by its very nature and by law, I think, natural law, it creates captivity. Yeah. I, I'm in the middle of writing an essay. It's taken me some time because I really want to get it just right. But I'm, mm. I'm talking about how so much of politics revolves around blame. So mm -hmm. much of our policies revolve around blame. 
right? Yeah. So I, you know, I was a, a citizen sponsor for a bill, um, HB 63, that basically is trying to change some laws regarding distracted driving, right? So distracted mm. driving. Here's mm-hmm. a situation where we try to throw laws at it to solve the problem. And it's, mm. it's, that's fundamentally built on a construct of blame. Who is to blame? I mean, so much of life is just, yeah, I mean, yeah, we make mistakes. There is some blame. There is some personal responsibility. Yeah. But so much of life just is life. I mean, how we can't create policies around who we're going to try to blame. At some point, we have to just say life is what it is, and we accept it. But really, the only solution to things like distracted driving is that the fact is, you know, we after the, the law last year was passed that they're trying to repeal mm-hmm. um, that, that gave us stricter laws on distracted driving, we had mm-hmm. a 12% increase in traffic fatalities in Utah over that same year. Hmm. And ultimately, the only, it's a horrible problem. I mean, you're six times more dangerous distracted driving than drunk driving. But yeah. what's the solution? What's the solution? We, we can't just pat ourselves pass laws and then pat ourselves on the back and say we passed some laws there we made it illegal to do this thing we have to judge our progress not by the number of laws we pass but by the number of problems we actually solve right and and that's personal responsibility people have to stop texting and driving right that's the only solution and realize not because there's a law against it right but because they realize what it does to my them. actions will have consequences for other people yeah. yeah and every choice has a consequence yeah the better my choices the better the consequences are likely to be yeah and like you said some things are just going to happen welcome to earth yeah it's kind of how it rolls isn't it yep wow personal responsibility so what's it gonna take what what do you think is you've Gone on a little campaign here. What's it going to take for people to wake up and to see that responsibility? Well, first of all, we have to understand that we lost our freedoms over a century or longer. And you don't regain those freedoms Mm. in an election cycle. So one of the chapters in my book talks about how we need to stop viewing this battle for freedom as an election cycle battle and more of a 100-year war. Mm. Because we lost our freedoms incrementally, we need to regain them incrementally. And you, it totally changes the tactics and the mindset that you go into it when you see it as a 100-year war versus a, an election-year battle. If you see it as an election-year battle, then you get all up in arms every election cycle, and you think that everything hinges on this one candidate. Right. And then that becomes the favorite target of blame again in that victim paradigm. Yeah. And it just doesn't work that way. I mean, it's never, you know, a lot of people loved Mitt Romney and were so devastated when Obama won. And it's like, guys, Mitt Romney isn't going to solve America's problems in an election year cycle. There's, there's nobody. And there's Obama's nobody, not going to ruin There's no everything. one man who's going to save America. This is a 100-year war. And it starts with mm. education. So for me... The battleground for freedom is not political. See, that's that's another reason why I kind mm. of you you call me a patriot and it's like, uh I mean, you kind of peg me as as being a the political guy. Should I and my call whole you message an educator is, instead? I guess. I don't know what to call <laughs> me, but look, I my whole message is the battleground for freedom is not politics. It's education, it's culture, it's entrepreneurship. 
A warrior of liberty. Yeah, sure. I don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll figure out a, a handle for you and let you know. Cool. Well, I've been trying to define myself for years, so whatever you give me is great. <laughs> It'll be your diagnosis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't do anymore. <laughs> That's, you know, I, I love this conversation because it, it stirs up inside of me some feelings of, okay, what, what is my responsibility? And I hope that everyone who's listening to this podcast today has some stirring of that. What is my responsibility? What is it that I personally can do? And folks, it might not be at town hall. In fact, it might be in your living room. It might be in the bedroom of your little boy. It, 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 it's going to be somewhere close to home because that's where this revolution needs to happen. I think. Here's, I just an, here's another example. I, my, the opening chapter of my book, I tell the story of a, a seminar. I'm teaching a seminar on the Constitution, right? Mm-hmm. A room full of probably 100 people. And these are the people who, I mean, these are the passionate people who love America. I mean, these are gung-ho patriots, right? Right. And I said, okay, how many of you in this room agree with William Gladstone's quote, that the Constitution is the most wonderful work ever struck off by the mind and purpose of man. Mm. Every hand in the room Every goes hand. up. And I said, great. How many of you have actually read it? Mm. Half the hands in the room go down. Okay, of those with your hands still up, how many of you can tell me what Article 1 talks about? Half the hands go down. Okay, how many can tell me what bills of attainder are in habeas corpus means? By this time, every hand in the room is down. And these are the same people who just said they, the Constitution they is the deal. this document. And wow. we don't even know what we're defending. Right. Right. So we know what to do. Yeah, I think you know what to do if you're listening. Whatever, whatever was stirred inside of you as you've listened to this today, that's going to guide you to what you need to do next. And trust that. Go after it. Stephen, you've got a website. I do. StephenDPalmer.com. Stephen with a PH. With a PH. StephenDPalmer.com. Make sure you subscribe to my Inspiration Weekly newsletter. It goes out every Monday morning. Yeah. Get all of his books, too. He's got some good stuff going on there. Um, Stephen, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Paul. It's been a pleasure. It's time, everybody. Live on purpose. Live on purpose.